Welcome to the Research Culture Uncovered podcast, where in every episode we explore what is research culture and what should it be. You'll hear thoughts and opinions from a range of contributors to help you change research culture into what you want it to be. Hi, it's Nick. And for those who don't yet know me, I'm Open Research Advisor based in the library here at the University of Leeds. If you're joining us in season three of the Research Culture Uncovered podcast, where I'll be speaking to colleagues from both the University of Leeds and from other universities and organisations about open research, what it is, how it's practised in different disciplines and how it relates to research culture. If you haven't already, you can catch up with season one, which was an introduction to the podcast and to my co-hosts, and season two with my colleague Tony Bromley, who was in conversation with a number of presenters from the REDS conference of 2022. That's the Researcher Education and Development Scholarship International Conference held here in Leeds. But now I'd like to introduce my guest for today, Yu Shanahan, who is Professor of Open Science at Royal Holloway, University of London. Yu has expertise in computational biology and statistics. He is co-chair of the CoData RDA Schools of Research Data Science and vice chair of the World Data System Scientific Committee. So welcome to the podcast, Yu, and thank you for taking the time to join us today. Thank you very much, Nick, for having me along. And before we get on to um, CoData and FAIR data and, you know, the definition of that acronym, um, I know FAIR data is a thing that, you, that, you, that you'll probably talk about. I must first ask you about Royal Holloway. Um, uh, so it happens to be, as I mentioned to you before, the uh, university that I went to back in the 90s. It's quite a spectacular campus, especially in the snow. Have you, have you had much snow in Hagen? Uh, yeah, we had over the last few days quite, quite nice. I'm sorry, I didn't take enough pictures of it, but yeah, no, it looks great. But for those that don't know, it's it's quite a spectacular building, isn't it? If you've not seen it, it's based on a French chateau, as I recall, a good big yes, founders building. That's right. Although it being a Victorian building, they they instead of being built in white marble, it was built in red brick. Red brick, yeah, red brick chateau. <laughs> yeah. Um, and again, I was just telling you, in actual fact, the very first time I went on the web was on campus in the geology department. I actually studied English, but I had a friend in geology. Uh, and we went and played on the web um, in about 1994. So that would have been the Mosaic browser, I'm guessing. I don't know. I'm not yeah. sure. That was the first browser, wasn't it, back then? Something like that, yeah, in the dim distance of time. <laughs> so um, so as I say, uh, thanks for, for joining us today. And uh, I suppose to start with, just a, perhaps a little bit of your academic background. I mentioned, um, so are you a biologist? Um, uh, actually, no, I'm, I am, I'm something of a... A, a cuckoo in some respects. Um, so back in the early 90s, um, I did my PhD in high energy physics, in particularly a very, very sort of computational end of, of, of high energy physics, which was kind of the, 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 the starting point to thinking about all of this. So uh, I did a number of postdocs, uh, uh, one in, in Glasgow and then in Cambridge and then over in Japan. Um, at that stage, I kind of got tired of tramping around the world, um, and I got um, a fellowship working in bioinformatics. Uh, so that was working with Janet Thornton's team. In she was then based at UCL in central London, and then we moved out to um, the European Bioinformatics Institution. Um, and I was there until uh, two thousand and five. So uh, at that stage, I started working in the computer science department. So yet again, another discipline change. Um, so I was there from 2005, uh, although it was about uh, 2014-15 when I, I kind of got more and more frustrated with 
trying to get to data and so on. And at that stage, kind of started that journey into me thinking about uh, moving into the open end of things. Uh, and uh, I'd been kind of working on the, the Codator RDA schools. I'd been doing all of that. And then to the point where uh, when I actually got my post as as professor at at, at Royal Holloway, I decided, okay, this time to to sort of step out and uh, I almost said come out of the closet. Um, uh, but yeah, I suppose it was a bit of <laughs> a coming out moment when I said, okay, I am I'm labeling myself as professor of open science. Well, I was uh, I was going to ask you about that. So how how did you become a professor of open science? Do you, I'm not being an academic myself. How does a professorship work? Is that you you sort of uh, well, decide uh, what what your area is for professorship you do? Or? Yeah, so I wish it was something which was which was more exotic uh, than that, but you know, if you go to the HR department at, at Royal Holloway, they'll put me down as professor. Uh uh the professor of open science, the open science bit, that's the thing that I put on my door, basically. Right. And I decided from day one, this is this is what I this is what I this is what I want to do. Um, I'm not the only person to 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 sort of do this. I mean, you know, looking around amongst my colleagues, everybody does this. So you know, you have professors of machine learning, and we have mm -hmm. professors of software language engineering, and so on. And I sort of simply said, yeah. Okay, fine. If they can do that, I can do that as well, which I think is, you know, there's that 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 quiet lesson in academia, which is um, ask for forgiveness rather than asking for ask for permission. It's easier to ask forgiveness than ask permission, but you haven't asked had to ask for forgiveness. I guess you you are now oh, recognised as a, an expert in open science. Or so far, so good. Nobody's nobody's knocked on my door. And or or uh, you know called me up from the higher offices and said, ah, um, Hugh, uh, yes, wanted to talk about this title you've been giving yourself. So I, I'll I'll run with it until 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 somebody says no. <laughs> and you explicitly, obviously, talking about open science. So here at Leeds, and I think in the sector generally, we often talk about open research, and I think that's it's sort of an active decision to to maybe be inclusive of the humanities but obviously you're from a stem background and you're coming at it are you from a particularly stem focused yeah i think i i think so although so so number one there's there's kind of the uh the language difference difference so uh you know in british english the there's there's definitely this, this distinction between science and research and the need to be more inclusive um uh other countries tend to be more relaxed about it. So, you know, if you're in yeah, Germany, Europe, it tends to be called open yeah, science. I think you've, worked, you've exactly. worked with quite a lot of European projects, I think. Have you? Yeah, yeah. And and likewise, I think the in the US, you you know, in North America tends to be, still tends to be open open science. But that, you know, A, that said, uh, I totally get the fact that there needs to be open research and in fact, if you go and look at Royal Holloway's policies on this, the conversation is always about open research rather than than open science, um, because we think, yeah, a lot of the practices they 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 map over. Although, at the same time, personally, I'm always trying to be careful because I don't want to end up, um, you know 
telling, hey, you digital humanities folks, get a get a grip. This is how you do your stuff. You know, and it's just like, no, no, yeah, no. Yeah, no. well, uh, <laughs> I think that's an interesting point. And that's come up in some other discussions. You know, the fact that sometimes um, colleagues in the humanities perhaps feel that it's being foisted on them from yeah. the STEM disciplines a little bit. And, it, you know, you need to maybe, we need yeah. to define open research in different disciplines in different ways. Absolutely. But, I suppose that's a good time to sort of ask, you know, what what is open science? I mean, you've already mentioned sort of access to data, um, but you know, could you give us a sort of uh, elevator pitch for 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 what open science actually is, is from your perspective? Yeah, I, I, so I I think being an academic, I should sort of pull out the uh, ten minute. Uh, seminar description says yes well this was it appeared here at this point and then here are these and here are the different interpretations and so on i'm going to be lazy nick to to to, to be honest with you and i'm going to give you what what i think of of open science as and i want to try and also keep it i'm going to go for as minimal a definition as possible and then what i want to do is just try and unpack that a bit if that's, mm-hmm. if that's okay, yeah, no so the way i would talk about open science and i'll try and i'll talk about open science initially and then move on to to maybe to to open research is you know in, in two sentences it's open science is a set of practices to make scientific research more efficient and effective when we live in an era when the questions that we're thinking about have become more complex more challenging and also are data and computation driven. Underlying a whole variety of different sort of aspects that sit with the the open moniker in this is that there's there's this principle of being as transparent as possible during the, the process of scientific discovery. Now, what I would also do is to say that with respect to open research, you're extending that remit in terms of in terms of saying, yeah, actually there are many areas of research which are again facing bigger issues and uh, 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 are very often being driven by 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 large data and so on. And hence the the process of being transparent in terms of what you're you're doing is it, it also holds there. Now, I think it's it's worth unpacking that a little bit now, trying to come up with something which is short and pithy and so on, but then you're gonna go, oh, what is all that? And I, what I wanted to do is just spend a little bit of time talking about the things that aren't included in that definition, all right? And uh, because I, uh, there are, if, you know, during you know these 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 interviews, I'm sure you're going to talk to a variety of different people who say, "What's open research? What's open science?" And you'll get a different spectrum of opinions. Okay, and uh, uh, I'm I'm not here to sort of say, "Well, I'm right because I am," you know, because I put Professor of Open Science on my on my, uh, on my door on my door. So I'd like to kind of just explain those things which which I don't sort of mention in there. So the first point is, is that in those two sentences, I, I, I made no reference to community or collaboration. And those, those are really, really sort of important ideas, all right? 
uh, I would argue and say they kind of flow from the idea of, well, if you're going to be transparent, if you're going to be sharing stuff, actually, by fiat, you you know, you start working with people and start realizing, hey, hang on, we've got to we've got to share standards and so on. There's no reference to research integrity, even though I think the more that time goes by, the more we kind of realize how gray the landscape is and how much we, and I mean that's that's everybody, that's 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 the academics, that's research, you know, those in, in professional services, that's the funders. Uh, uh, all need to have a good, long, hard look in the mirror of ourselves and say we need to, re to to reform ourselves. There's no reference to equality uh, uh, in terms of uh, the fact that you know that's kind of an elephant in the room here is that I'm chatting away and I'm then say I put open science on my door because you know what I say that I say so. And I so with a certain level of confidence. And oh yeah, I'm a white middle class cis male. Mm. Uh, uh, so I can I can afford to be a bit cheeky. And you know, so there's no reference to 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 those kinds of kinds of issues there. And there are a variety of people who really think hard about and say, no, 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 hang on, this is super, super important. There's no reference to expansion of roles in terms of sort of saying, no, no, no it's not just the the holy academic. It's it's the data steward, the research software engineer, um, the curator, all of those people who 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 also sort of play roles. I think that's it's really interesting. Sorry to interrupt you, but I'm just uh, you know from that perspective, I think what you're getting out there as well, because you know um, at Leeds we've got um, a lot of initiatives around what we call a research culture. Yeah, and all of these are part of that, aren't they? They are about community. We, we start to talk a lot more certainly our university and elsewhere collaboration over competition um research integrity as you said and, and quality and the equality diversity issues you know i was talking to a colleague recently for this podcast around so-called broken science have you heard that term the the, the oh no but i think i can guess yeah the, the concept of bro i mean i'll, I'll link yeah. it on on her podcast yeah. you know that this idea that there, there's People already, you know, often white males in positions yeah. of power that can actually um, bully uh, younger ECRs, you know, and there's a gendered yeah. element to that and all that kind of stuff. So I suppose that's one of the aspects I'm most interested in is how this sort of underpins developing yeah. research culture, um, which, as you say, isn't captured in that sort of raw definition, I suppose, of open science. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I, the things... I mean, you know, it's kind of from my background, I still do tend to go towards the, the well, surely there's a high tech fix to, 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 to all of this, rather than saying, hang on, there are cultural issues that we need to, 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 to address here. I think the things I would argue in terms of saying, focusing on that, that sort of minimal definition is to, is to say that if you're clear about what it is that you're trying to do, which is to say, look, we want to be more efficient and effective. And what that means is, is we need to put aside this relentless obsession with papers and, and, and so on, and kind of understand that there are lots of different ways in which uh, we need to be better at what we do. And we do that by making sure that we share all those ideas, whether that be code or data, 
or uh, pre-registered reports or protocols or you know this this whole sort of gamut of of things that that they enter into this 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 milieu then that enables us to have that stop and hard look at the culture and say we need to 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 change things i mean if we think about different organizations that you know in the commercial sector or in terms of uh, um even things like the, the military and so on there's 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 once there's sort of clarity in terms of what it is that you want to 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 achieve then you start saying well it's ridiculous that things should be run in this in this way mm. as i said i think there would be many others who would push against that and say uh no culture first you get the culture fixed yeah. and then and then and then that and then that and then that follows and i would sort of say i totally respect that i totally i i i totally get what's 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 being said there uh and you know i i i i you know respect is being said there in not just in a trivial kind of way it is absolutely in total sense of 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 of, of respect it, I guess it's it's my way of trying to trying to trying to figure things through. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, and it's both, isn't it? I suppose you're almost talking like top down and bottom up, aren't we? I guess from coming yeah, yeah. at the problem from from different directions. And do you think we are making progress? I mean, you were very good enough, good, good. You were very good to do a talk for us about eighteen months ago. Now I was just looking back; it was back in May, twenty twenty one. So um, a little over eighteen months, isn't it now? Um, on open research I was looking at some of the things you pulled out there you know you talked about um, openness as a spectrum you know it's not all all or nothing you you know I think there can be this sort of um, concern that you know if you're not doing everything then you can't do anything at all yeah Um, but I suppose just maybe a trite question but have we made any progress in those 18 months do you think are we moving in the right direction with open science and open research so yeah good question i think it's um let me focus on 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 the on the uk though i think a lot of the arguments same arguments will hold in other high income countries as well so what i think we've seen is uh much more sort of institutional well not just institutional recognition but institutionally kind of them moving on at that at that at that kind of level so you're so you see so 18 months ago you had you know universities like say reading who were the only ones who would have an open science or open research policy and now you're starting to see a kind of a flowering of different things and and it's it's pretty open which is you know like royal holloway has a has an open research policy uh 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 and that's you know I was very lucky to be to to be part of that with um, Scott Glover, who's based in psychology at, at Royal Holloway, one of the kind of key leads, plus a number of other people, and that's um, politely nicking stuff from places like like uh, 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 Reading, uh, and then and modifying it and so on. And what you see now is the kind of senior management of universities saying, "Yeah, we get this." We 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 need to 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 do these things, and you see them rolling 
providing support in terms of rolling in in terms of rolling rolling things out and thinking so we're we're now at so i think what you've got is is definitely an acceptance of the importance of open research open science by university management uh, they're not just and that's more than simply yes this is quite a nice idea but you know let's make sure you still get five nature papers out tomorrow kind of sort of sort of perspective um uh it's much more kind of saying yeah we need to do this and and backing and backing that up and it's it feels like a lot of the 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 effort now is sort of in the training side of things and raising awareness and saying okay how and also sort of saying okay how do we do this in a sustainable fashion because we can't look at universities to sort of say, oh, uh, uh, as you know, one of the things I'll argue is sort of say, yeah, infrastructure costs, all right? And we're, and furthermore, it's not just a once-off, it's a thing that keeps on going. So how do you organize this in a, in a, sustainable, in a sustainable fashion? So first is, so what I think you're seeing a lot more of is the more of awareness raising and starting to do things in a more kind of concerted campaign in terms of, in terms of training and, and so on. Uh, so that you get to a point where all academics are at least in some way aware of what's what's what the thinking is behind this behind this approach. Not necessarily saying like what I was talking to initially, not to say to them now you have to change everything because this is year zero. It's to sort of say okay, here's a whole bunch of things that you could do. Pick one of them. See, yeah. or could you pick one of them have a think about that you know is, is the stuff that's 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 there no I, I like as i say i will post the link to that talk you did for us in the show notes for this but it, you know i like your metaphor of a bridge if you, you used a you know yeah. you don't need a um a massive you know suspension bridge uh necessarily yeah. to get across um a river uh you know it's it's it's, it's starting isn't it and just doing the something yeah, yeah. in the first instance and taking exactly. it from there exactly and, and in that context as well i mean you've mentioned infrastructure a few times and uh, another uh concept that you talked a lot about um at that talk was yeah. this concept of a first class research object so yeah. um myself working in libraries you know we've tended to be perhaps a little bit obsessed with open access um, if yeah. that's not overstating it and and the journal article as the yeah. Um, you know the the final research output yeah um, and I think perhaps we're trying to get away from that a little bit um, yeah, say yeah. in terms of a first class research object yeah I think so I mean I uh, um, I think uh, so first of all maybe to explain I, I use this phrase first class research object I think in in my talk and and for the life of me I can't remember I know I wasn't the person who thought but basically somebody else for the life of me, I can't find it, I, but I need to look harder. Uh, so let's think about it again from a UK audience is to say, what do I mean by first class research object? It's, it's, a, it's a thing which you can present at the ref is the, you know, that's the most kind of blunt definition. And that's, of course, the thing that all academics suddenly they're, you know, their they're antennae start, start, start kind of loofing up. Um, and if you do look at the ref rules, even the the, the previous one, whatever in twenty sixteen, uh, you know the, the the people who are organizing the ref uh, uh, 
it said, yeah, it doesn't have to be a paper is mm -hmm. what that, 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 that submission is. Now, the problem was, was that, you know, the, the relevant committees, everybody kind of second guessed the, the committees. And so I said, well, no, they won't be interested in data sets or bits of software or anything like that. And that's a thing that, uh, uh, so there was a great deal of sort of self-censoring. So it's like in the 2016 ref, I think there was like a handful of non-paper based submissions were the kind of things that are there for the, the research. I'd be interested, I haven't tried to look at what happened with the with the with the ref in, in whatever 2021 to see if there was if there was any improvement on the situation. But it but still overall, you know, we have this I would call obsession with papers is what you is what you need to do to make your career. Or and of course papers is broad that's monographs books the yeah. written you know written words and and you know conference proceedings all of all of that jazz and uh, one of the things that that i'm arguing is to say that we should think of data sets the software that we write um even things like lab protocols and so on all of those things should be things that we value because they're stuff that other people can go and run with and actually do that go and go and make use of their of their research and when you you think about that in that way that's i think an incredibly empowering thing because you know what what usually happens is you know, let's be honest what we have in research groups is that there there are people who are good at writing and then there are the people who do all the other bits and pieces and there's always that thing about well we'll you know we have to this person is x is really good they just they're not you know they don't write the papers so how do we we can't ignore them but but they're they're not one of us you know and if you start saying to them let me pick one example you know this is the you know person x writes pieces of software or workflows or whatever that really work really well now if you if you think of what they do as a research object a first class research object then they get the credit. Other people are using their stuff directly rather than trying to figure stuff out from the from the paper mm -hmm. uh, and so on. And people get on with doing things much, much more quickly. It's, it's really and it's there an in infrastructure aspect to that because it, it perhaps, and again, I don't know if this is true or not, or to what extent it's true, but a lot of infrastructure, institutional infrastructure is focused on that paper, you know, things like, repositories and yeah. systems like um pure that i know you use yeah. at, at royal holloway or symplectic for us here at yeah Leeds, they tend to focus and the broader infrastructure perhaps focuses on papers yeah 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 um so i i think the the, the steps are being made in terms of we now have you know the thing that's really important that's happened over the last say 10 years is is that permanent and persistent identifiers are now a thing uh, uh so things like a doi doi and, and, and so on and correspondingly so and again you know uh you get dois for data data sets you get doi you know you submit something onto to zenodo or or figshare or data dryage you get a doi for your for your data set you get a doi for your for your software uh there's you know there's the software heritage uh archive 
all of these things you now have so so they're that first layer of sort of atoms that you know things that people can 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 call and gradually we start seeing databases building up which are initially right now fairly generic but then gradually will become more domain specific so that people can 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 answer this i mean i think one of the things that's kind of one of the projects i've been interested in is this thing called computation um, things called computational notebooks um so um so examples of this are things like jupyter notebooks and or notebooks and so on which kind of put your code and your text and visualizations all in one place and they're 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 at, at some level, they're a fantastic tool for doing analysis of your data. And in some respect, they really are like the, the inheritors for some disciplines, at least, they really are the inheritors of the, the thing that papers should be doing next, all right? Because it's very, very interactive. You can play around with it as, 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 as you see fit. But it's only now that, that we're starting to get our heads around publishing notebooks and there are so for example there's there's something called neurolibre uh, uh which is which is doing which is which is which is doing that but and publishers are trying and there's a bunch of other efforts that are there to to try and make that happen but it's still not quite there and i think one of the things that's really really key there is the the search element so and that's because searches um you know that's you know you kind of sort of say yeah google scholar everybody uses google scholar but it it's a service that could disappear tomorrow so we you know well uh, yeah i mean I, I, yeah. perhaps the open source you know that's another podcast in itself isn't it i think discussing the the, the issues around open source yeah. versus commercial software i mean i think we've seen that a little bit with twitter recently you know the fact that uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> a, a tool that's used by a lot of scientists and academics is then yeah. suddenly taken over by you know yes uh, a billionaire in this case and uh you can uh run it according to his whim but that you know it is a it is instructive isn't it to think about software in that sort of context yeah yeah and how much our services are really really dependent you know i mean google scholar i think is a very extreme example of something that you know it's it's not anywhere part of of their google's mission in some respect it it it, it could be pulled tomorrow and then it's like and of course we know i mean there's this 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 scopus this wos and so on but it's kind of that's the one which is you take that away and then i think lots of academics are going to go everybody's going to go and scratch go, oh yeah we had these resources that we were using previously and they'll have to kind of figure out how to use them again so and i think perhaps the sector is thinking a bit about infrastructure at the moment i mean you uh, you'll be aware of octopus um, which is a platform that's intended to sort of pull things together in, a, in an open way. Yeah. Um, and that's, I've, I've spoken to uh, Alex Freeman, who was created Octopus on this podcast. So uh, that's, I don't know if you've got anything, any thoughts on that? Or So Nick, I have to to, to make a full confession. I mean, I've, I've, I've heard of, uh, heard of Octopus, but I haven't had a chance to, 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 to have a, to have a play around with it. So I won't, particularly comment on on octopus and myself on myself i think i'm i'm delighted to to see that that services like that are 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 coming into place um i am very disappointed that at the same time jisc have decided to withdraw support for core uh uh which you know it's you know the 
we have to get to a point where it can't be just like you know yeah just to, on the other hand taketh away you know is i mean is, just for people that that may not be aware what core is because um, yeah. again it's kind of behind the scenes isn't it yeah. a bit really so people might not be aware of it can you tell us yeah. what it is so uh it's uh, a repository of well not so much a repository but a service in terms of listing sort of open access publications and 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 so on that's there so it's as you said it's a thing which kind of sits in the background it's not the plug hasn't been pulled in entirely but but the funding's been but, but you know the funding's been withdrawn and now they have to they, those people have to now figure out how to 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 to, to, to get supporting for this mm. so all the time there's always i think this will be a light motif with all of these interviews in terms of infrastructure costs never ever trust anybody who says oh don't worry it's it'll it's just it's really important and people somehow some way it'll be paid for x will be paid for you have to kind of say this is like having this is like roads and buildings uh uh you know you got to build them and you got to keep them updated and 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 every day you got to you know and that's 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 the quid pro quo of the Isn't almost i mean i don't want to go too far off piece but almost uh a fundamental issue with the internet you know thinking back to when i tried the internet for the first time back in 1994 yeah you know things have changed since then haven't they i mean it's yeah. commercial ownership and uh you know the big data companies yeah. whether it's facebook or apple yeah. or google you know that this is all part of a an issue across the the internet yeah. i think I, I think yeah i mean i i want to stress and say that i don't have a problem with commercial organizations running services is, you know, I, I don't see that's there as long as there isn't a point where this, they, um, you can't change your mind and yeah. say, I'd like to use this sort of service from, 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 from another. I think that's, that's the, that's the important element. I mean, again, if we use the internet sort of idea is that again, in the background, there's, a colossal amount of people and organizations who were involved in, you know, laying down the 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 optical fiber and the routers and the you know the the, the stuff that's there, and they do a really good job. Uh, uh, and it's just that you're not like dependent on one organization that do that. It's huge numbers of different organizations who are there who are doing all of that 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 you know providing the backbones the tier one the tier two the tier three the, all that you know that the, the, the sort of level of connectivity and 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 so on uh so uh, as long as we're not dependent that we can always say oh, thank you but you know that these other people can do just as good a job at 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 80 percent of your cost thanks we'll use them now is that's that's the thing that keeps everybody honest mm. well with your admission that you haven't yet tried octopus perhaps you can listen to um, alex freeman's podcast uh, and perhaps hope that she doesn't listen to yours <laughs> <laughs> i'm not i'm not having a go at, at, at octopus it's, no no i know the next level next level up i'm afraid. no no completely but you, you see just uh yeah in terms of as I say, I did talk to Alex and, uh, you know, I think it's an interesting model and it will be interesting to see how that how that evolves. So uh, I'm just a, a little conscious of time, not least because I'll have to transcribe this uh, this podcast, as I said to you, but you've touched on it a little bit, but, you know, we talked about infrastructure and the fact that policies are developing in universities, et cetera. And I think earlier on you suggested that 
training's the challenge now or is that particular challenge actually training people i mean already you've mentioned jupiter notebooks you know yeah uh share you know zenodo all these different services pre-registration registered reports yeah. you know there's data yeah. sharing and software and you know there's so many skills yeah, so yeah. i mean two two aspects to that i suppose for me just to ask you about the, this this training for them and also recognition i mean people are busy aren't they researchers are, are busy sure, sure. So how you know why should they do this stuff if they're not getting sort of rewarded for it uh, yes yeah, good question nick i mean i think there is a, a and there is obviously a chicken and egg type of type of scenario which is unless people start developing expertise in that background in in a particular area then they won't sort of evolve to the point where they get they get recognition for things the things I would say is 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 that we need to be uh, fairly focused in terms of what it is the type of training that we provide. So, if you're talking to say somebody who's say a, a PI who's got a research group, okay, the first thing you're doing is you're saying to them, um, you know what, you don't actually have to need to know all the ins and outs of 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 what's happening here you need to kind of understand probably have a sort of fairly broad understanding of terms of saying okay keeping an eye on your data and so on and if you're if your area means that you're developing software that yeah actually your team should be following things in certain should you should be doing things in 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 a certain sort of way but you don't necessarily have to have everything on your fingers and tips i think the the other you know if you're a PhD student if you're an early career researcher then again it should be about okay what is it that's useful for 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 you uh, and you know I mean if we think particularly about PhD students we also should be aware that you know every PhD student now we also need to kind of be giving them the skills so that actually. If they want to go, you know, that if they decide not to go into a research career, that they can think other options in their in their lives. And to to say to them, hey, hang on, there's some practices here which are which are which might be of useful to them. And again, it's not saying to them, oh yeah, you need to know everything. You, you know, you could kind of sort of say to them, oh, you know, actually things like annotation of of data, that might be something that would that that's that's useful to you for the, the things that you do. Or it could be developing software, or it could be thinking about documenting lab protocols and so on. Um, so I think those are, those are, so it's, 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 and also I think it's also about before we say to people uh, do this and you will eventually at some unspecified point, you will get some, you know, you'll be get rewarded for this is, is more to, to say to them, uh, you know the, the the first win is to say if you do this this is actually something that's just going to make what you do more efficient first of all okay so in terms of you know talking to a pi to say to them hey you know what um you remember that thing where you know a postdoc would go or a phd student would go and then uh your next the next person along would spend like six months figuring out what the hell the last person did 
with their with the with the with the data that they generated or the or the so on. You can say, you know what, if you do things in uh, you know in in this way, think about that. You can bridge that gap, and you can inst- you can get them much closer to to making that 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 transition much much more uh, uh, much easier for you. If you can say to you know a graduate student, um, listen, stop. You know you you kind of understand how to do stuff in Excel, but if you do things with in in R, yeah, I know it takes a few afternoons to to get your head around R and stuff like that, and it's ooh scary. It's programming. It it means that you can process a thousand files in one go rather than one file spending a thousand days doing the same this, this the same thing with an with an Excel spreadsheet, and you can do it in a reliable, reproducible way. Then those are those are the the wins. So again, it's always uh, I, I I still kind of what I talked about eighteen months ago in terms of small wins, uh, uh, things the the efficiency gains I think are the things which which are important, which is uh, you know which is probably the Achilles heel in some respect of open research policies when you kind of say oh here's the big picture when you want to kind of say one 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 good thing for you now this the, 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 you know and if trust me this will this will help you a lot is yeah that's a good way of thinking of it and then as i say we'll let you go in a moment but just uh aware that we haven't yet defined the acronym fair um so f- perhaps you can give us a quick overview of what fair means and for my personal benefit perhaps focus a little bit on the i and the r i'm okay with the f and the a but i struggle a bit with the i and the r could you tell us what fair fair means? sure thing so uh findable atop yeah, fair is it's an acronym it's it's shorthand for i think it's 16 principles i i don't actually have them tattooed <laughs> not yet uh, not yet um uh but the 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 letters stand for findable accessible interoperable reusable um uh and what it is 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 it's it's in essence it's about doing two things which is a trying to encapsulate the kind of hard-won principles that came out from sort of sharing data you know and research data management sort of saying these are the things that you should be doing and the second point which i think hopefully addresses the at least the i one is is taking that next step which is to say can we make this sort of machines talking to to machines i'm a little bit cautious about that because as i as i as i I mentioned previously you can get very carried away with the machine to machine everything did everything worked perfectly and it's that's 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 a that's a big ask uh and i'd rather have stuff which is which is again something small that works now almost fair all the little letters rather than big capital letters if you, if well you know. I, I think that I, str- I think we struggle perhaps because we look after a, a an institutional data repository and our yeah. data is so heterogeneous i think it's really yeah. difficult to absolutely to look at the interoperable aspect of it in that sort of machine to machine so you asked me to kind of maybe dive a little bit more into that so uh in uh so the findable aspect is to say well can i actually get onto my laptop and find this data set wherever it wherever it sits i go aha here's a doi for this uh accessible means that oh i've got the doi and you know what when i click on the doi 
it it takes me to to the landing page where I can go click and I can download the data set. I mean, this is all kind of short, kind of cartoon like figure. Interoperable, <coughs> excuse me, interoperable. The I says I've downloaded that and now it's that data is in a format that I recognize and know how I can I can read into to 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 my computer. And then the R is reusable, which is to say there aren't any licenses associated with the data sesh, which say, oh, you know, yes, you're free to download, but no, you can't really publish anything about it, you know, that it gives you that it gives you that that freedom. Now, those principles do things, they're a lot more subtle than than Nash. So they, you know, for example, they sort of say things like, well, data might not be there for reasons, perfectly reasonable ones, but metadata, you know, the data about the data should always should always be there mm -hmm. and 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 so on. So um I think we've kind of reached a point where uh, uh fair is something that's accepted. We've stopped having kind of cosmic discussions about what does fair means and much more people sort of pulling up their 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 you know sort of saying okay we have an idea of what's there i think what's kind of interesting is is that the next phase is is much more about use cases to sort of say yeah this is what works in a particular domain so something to keep an eye out for are things called fair implementation pro profiles which are effectively use cases of how fair gets implemented for a particular type for a domain piece of 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 data, and I I do recommend. Uh, so there's a new collaboration which I'm not part of, so I'm not I don't have I don't have shares in it. But it's something called World Fair, which which is doing a lot of work in 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 that particular area. So if you're kind of struggling for saying, oh okay, how do I make my data fair? You, you look at you can look up these profiles and sort of say, oh yeah, this is. I'm working with uh, geophysics data of some kind, and I can say, "Oh yeah, this is an example of how this was done," and now that that kind of gives you, in some respect, a recipe to 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 work at it from there, and 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 so on. So I I hope that answers. Yeah, no, that, yeah, it does. I mean, I'm thank you. And as I say, um, you know, I do kind of know what fair means, but I suppose actually putting it into practice, especially when, as I say, we've got a heterogeneous collection of data in a local repository, and then trying to point people. Yeah. Colleagues, you know, research colleagues at maybe the you know domain specific exactly. repositories and standards, and um, a lot of it comes down to you know, as I say, these disciplinary differences is quite a challenge for someone in a role like mine. I think exactly. So as I said, I think the the fair implementation profiles. I think you know you could you could see something on the horizon where there's a whole library of them that you can kind of pull out and go, ah, okay, this data set, this type of data set, this is what I could do. That's that that I think is an interesting sort of thing. It's a lot of work, but it's it's I think that 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 could be something quite important. Yeah, no, I'll, have a, I'll have a look at those. Thank you. So uh, I will let you go. I mean, you did warn me at the outset that, uh, you know, we, you might talk a lot, which is great. That's that's, that's <laughs> fine. Thank you very much. I suppose just a, a final sort of shot, parting shot, you know, the question that we've touched on already. But, you know, what what is next for the sector, do you think, in open science? I mean, what what should be our priorities um, whether locally at our institutions, you know, nationally in terms of the UK or internationally, I mean, very quickly off the top of your head, what, you know, what should be the priorities? So I think the challenge now is that, so institutionally, 
things are starting to get their act together. We also have domain-specific work, which is there. And what we need to do is to kind of get, get our heads around that matrix so that we have people who are working, and, and by the way, I'm, I'm doing lots of hand motions right now, which will mean absolutely nothing to you <laughs> listening to this podcast. But if they, it, that, that in some respect, we have the people, you know, the data stewards, the research software engineers the, who do things at an institutional level, who are doing things quite generically and thinking about things that way. But then also for particular disciplines, you have a corresponding people who have much more of a domain specific area who will work across institutions. So, you know, so that things like uh, NH or, or, you know, and, and so on could sort of say, oh yeah, there's, you know, there's, there's, uh, there's the data stewards associated with archeological data, say, and they work, you know, in the UK, you know, there, there are a handful of people who work in the UK or indeed across Europe. So we know where to signpost people for the expertise exactly. in, exactly. in a specific discipline. Yeah. So that then, and that I think is the sort of the, the, we need to kind of get our heads around, around how to work at those, with, with those sort of two levels. And I think it's sort of like, almost like that matrix type of, 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 of model in terms of training and also in terms of services and infrastructure. No, brilliant. That's great. Thanks very much, you. Well, uh, as I say, I'll draw it to a close there, but thanks very much for your time. And perhaps we'll have you back on in another 18 months, see if we've made oh. <laughs> any, any, any more progress, if, uh, if you can spare the time. And if, uh, and if there is still any snow, perhaps take a, a few photos of founders for us to uh, for old time's sake. Absolutely. Thanks very much, and I'll see you again. Thank you, Nick. Cheers. Thanks for listening to the Research Culture Uncovered podcast. Please subscribe so you never miss out on our brand new episodes. And if you're enjoying the discussions, give us some love by dropping a five-star rating and written review as it helps other research culturists find us. And please share with a friend and show them how to subscribe. Email us at academicdev at leads.ac.uk. Thanks for listening and here's to you and your research culture.